Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman, and today I'm talking to Lauren, and you'll see that I was a little bit nervous during our interview because Lauren actually has way more years of study in the subject of nutrition and science and behavior change. But what's cool is that she really got what she needed from the Life After Sugar program. Because as she says, it's all very well knowing the theory and the information. What really counts is implementing it to get sustainable change. You can find out all about Life After Sugar on my website, aftersugarclub.com, including videos about what to eat, how to start cutting sugars, and also about gut health and about the Life After Sugar program. You can also download my simple guide to getting more energy with less sugar at aftersugarclub.com. And come on over to say hi on my Facebook page, Life After Sugar, and on my Instagram account where I post pictures of things that I eat and things that I do in my life after sugar. And that's at my life after sugar. Okay, here's our chat with Lauren. So, um, well, here's my first question. Mm-hmm. Where did you first find Life After Sugar and the Life After Sugar program? On, on Facebook. Um, and then like we had chatted a bit um, in there and then uh you had said like everything was in French but I was like you know I took French maybe I can like get by with like reading so no I haven't had to use my French so I was like the last time I used my French was to order tea in Paris when I was 17 so I haven't so I was like this is a bit beyond my yeah. my abilities um but I knew you were working on kind of translating it into English so you were you were like kind of on my radar and then um I mean, I've always been aware that I stress eat, but I was like, things are kind of getting like majorly out of control (laughs) Um, with my hectic schedule and just like, you know, and it just kind of came to me like, oh, addressing sugar would probably help. Like, cause you know, I'm, my body's not feeling good. I'm aware of the link with like sugar and inflammation and like all those types of things. Um, And so I knew again that you were like, translating everything to English. I had no idea what your timeline was. Um, so I, I, but I was like looking around like sugar-free books or podcasts or whatever. Um, and I didn't know you had a podcast, but I found your podcast on Spotify when I was like Googling for what can I take action on while I wait for her to open. Like you kind of announced in the, like, it's coming on Friday. Um, in that Sunday, like that exact day that I found your podcast, that was what was in the notes of the episode section on cool. Spotify. And I was like, it's a sign. <laughs> the stars are aligned. Yeah. And then I was like, I have to get on our list. So I was like at the dog park listening to the podcast. 
Okay, so that's how you found me. And what was the problem that, so you were saying the problem that you were trying to solve is you were exhausted. You knew it had something to do with sugar. Anything else? Yeah, generally I feel like through COVID, I've been like really trying, well, kind of trying slash forced to uh, work on my health and like listening to my body. Um, and I mean, I couldn't leave my house for, well, I wasn't supposed to leave my house for a very large portion. <laughs> um, so like last year I felt like I was really like, I really got my sleep routine dialed in, um, like, and, and like working from home, really focusing on those boundaries and like, you know, kind of you only work seven and a half to eight hours if something happens and like, you know, like my deadline on Monday, like I have to work more than that. So, you know, I'm going to flex later. And, and so it averages out, right. I try not to work weekends. All email notifications are turned off. Like those things I feel like I really worked on last year. Like my bedtime is very consistent. My wake up time is very consistent, even on weekends, like really focusing on sleep hygiene. Um, and, uh, and then obviously I exercise a ton. <laughs> You're very active, aren't you? Yeah, I had my cardiology appointment last week and the doctor was like, do you exercise? I was like, yeah, I've really scaled it back. I only walk the dog like two hours a day and I may be cycling 50 to 100K a week, one to two yoga classes and like one to two strength sessions. And I was like, I sound insane that I say that that's like scaled back, but it is like that's scaled back for me. Um, so, so like, I think nutrition is kind of always the domain where I have struggled the most. Um more broadly. And so that kind of, I think was like the last frontier <laughs> that I kind of needed to get, um, a handle on. And then kind of in this year of COVID, like, um, uh, they started implementing like stay at home orders in Ontario, which I like at Christmas to, um, May, something like that. Um, early June, maybe. Uh, and the second time they announced stay at home orders, like you could just feel like the entire city was like deflated. Um, so it really felt like I'm doing like on paper, I have like the healthiest lifestyle. Like most people would kill for my lifestyle. And I feel like trash. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm really tired. Tell. Yeah. I'm really tired. Um, I'm like my, I can't focus. Um, like, I don't feel like my work quality is where it should be. I'm not as productive as I normally am. I'm really tired when I go to bed, like all of those types of things. And so I was like, I'm still doing the sleep and the work boundaries and the exercising. And like, that's not enough. <laughs> um, and so I'm compensating with eating. So I was right. like, okay, well, eating needs to, is probably the part where I'm going to get the most like bang for my buck on, like in terms of returns on improving how I'm feeling. Cause you, you came into the life after sugar program with a good knowledge of nutrition and, uh, and about sugar. I mean, you weren't starting from scratch. No. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, for me, I have to tell you, you know, I was a bit nervous because I thought, <laughs> what am I going to teach this, this person? She knows it more than I do. Yeah. For me, it's that disconnect between the, like, I can know it. It's like, it feels like it's, like smoking, like I think everybody that smokes knows that smoking is bad for them. Right. But they smoke anyways. Yeah. Right. And so for me, like, yes, I know the thing I can counsel 
like I have done behavior coaching around eating behaviors. I don't like, like you, I'm not a dietitian. I don't tell you what to eat or not eat, but, um, you know, have definitely, definitely done that. And my clients have always been like, I bet you eat so healthy. And like, I guess on the one hand, yes, I eat relatively healthy. Um, but on the other hand, like I can put away a lot of junk food (laughs) and I don't, get the negative consequences that some people get where they feel really like sick afterwards. Like I don't get that immediate quote unquote punishment. So then it doesn't really feel like, Oh, this is bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We do. We need, we need that slap in the face to actually do anything about it. I mean, yes, I'm the same. I'm the same. So you were exhausted and you you know, we're stressed, but and you were doing all the right things on paper, but you you were at least aware enough to know, um, you know, I, it's all very well knowing the info I need to implement. And so you had tried, I think you were telling me you tried Whole30 for a while, or for at least 30 days, because that's, yeah. yeah. And you thought you were going to die of cravings. <laughs> I'm actually yeah. laughing because it's not funny. It's a little funny. <laughs> After the fact, we can laugh about it. But yeah. my question is, what was it? And I'm not dissing Whole30, it's fantastic. But what was it about Whole30 that, that got you craving so bad? Um, I think that it was like a, we went from like 100% to like a zero. So like my... Um, like, I think that my, my junk food consumption has, uh, gradually increased through COVID, um, like way beyond like what, like in the, in the before times. Um, and even before I mean, I would really tie it probably to moving back to Ontario. Like I moved back like, uh, three months before COVID, um, you know, and, as you can tell, I like to be busy. So in Alberta, like I was, you know, again, I had three jobs. I was finishing my master's, like planning to move across country. Like there wasn't necessarily time <laughs> to just like sit on the couch and eat junk food right. um, when there's been that kind of time. So like things were gradually ramped, like this was my baseline. It was like gradually ramping up. And then I like went below what my normal average junk food consumption. And so I went from like one extreme to the other. Um, yeah. And I think my body was just like, what? <laughs> and you went from one extreme to the other during the whole 30 or before you started it? Like on day one, like day one was like, no, like I, I like went a hundred percent with what is the whole 30 rules, which is no sugar. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, no, sugar, no dairy, no dessert or dessert type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so now with hindsight, would you say that it was, you know, too much an all or nothing approach for you and your personality? Yeah. And I think um that I it's funny because I think I'm an all or nothing person, but like I'm really not. <laughs> the more I think about it, um well, for some um, people, you know, as we look at yeah. the program, right? For some people, that kind of what we call strictness is actually yeah. liberating for them. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, if you're a moderator, it's just the worst thing to be told zero. Yeah. And I think like with my 
like my other health behaviors, like when I think of like exercise and stuff, like, um, kind of with the fatigue that I was feeling again, I really scaled back my, um, activity, but there's some days where I'm like walking the dog is fine. Like I haven't broken a sweat, but I've accumulated 20,000 steps. Like I'm not like, you know, it's not at all. It's not a nothing. It's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, so now like when I think of those things together, I'm like, oh, it makes sense that that's why I had such a hard time. And even like when, when Kathy brings up whole 30, <laughs> I get like a little triggered because like it was such a negative experience. I'm always like, oh, that like feeling kind of comes back to me. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, it depends, <laughs> right. It depends on the person, but yeah. You know, if it works for one person, there's no problem. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the first week of, of the life after sugar program, we looked at, you know, are you a whole a all or nothing type of person or step by step, you know, moderator or abstainer. And I think you sort of had a bit of an epiphany there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm a I'm a moderator for sure. And that approach definitely like worked way better um, in the Life After Sugar program for me to kind of ramp it down each week. Yeah. And it was you deciding to do mm-hmm. that, not anyone. I mean, I wasn't telling you. No. <laughs> I, I didn't even know you well enough to be able to tell. It was just the first week. But, but mm-hmm. you had the exercise to work it out and, and the podcast episode. And from, just from that, it made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Did you have cravings in the life, at the beginning in the Life After Sugar program? Um, I think I did the first week. I like really wanted like crusty bread. <laughs> um, but other than that week, like I didn't really feel like I, and then I like, I mean, I've fallen off the way a bit, like I said, in the group in the last week or two. Um, but I don't, even then, like, it doesn't feel like craving per se. Like it feels more like the habitual, like, oh, I'm really tired. And when I'm tired, I do this thing kind of thing rather than a, like, I need this food item with every fiber of my being. Like it's a different feeling um, different intensity yeah yeah for sure now when you were wanting the crusty bread you know what did you do th- with that because there are some approaches and it happens not to be mine but there are some approaches where you know you're not allowed air quotes and you know I allow you anything you're a big girl you can decide what you can eat or not I'm not gonna mother you but what did you do with this feeling about the crusty bread in the first week? Did you have some? I held out for like three days and then I was like, I'm dying. I, well, I didn't feel like I was dying as much as whole 30, but I was like, I'm working on whatever. And like half my brain is thinking about this bread. So, uh, there's a, a bakery up the street. Um, so I got, went and got some bread. <laughs> Um, but I haven't had any other times where it was like that strong of a pull, like since then, since then. And when you had this bread, did this guy fall on your head? No, no, I was, I was like way more intentional about consuming it as well than I think I normally would have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's the key. Mm -hmm. You're doing it. I mean, you can give a meaning to that action of eating bread, any meaning you want, um, that you're a bad person, that you're guilty, or that, look, I'm eating a piece of bread. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what you're doing. And, and you just, you did it. And then what, you moved on. Mm-hmm. It didn't set off any kind of binge or anything like that. 
No, I don't really, I don't know. I don't really feel like I feel shame about it. Like if I am like consuming a lot of junk food or like whatever, um, I don't know that I necessarily feel a lot of like shame or, uh, guilt about it. It's more kind of a like, oh, kind of like a, that's, that's, and like, if I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or like, maybe that wasn't the best life choice. Like, it's usually more from a, like, that's not good for your health rather than a, like, you are a terrible person, blah, 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 um, type of, of thing. Um, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. So you weren't guilt tripping yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, because you were kind of um, respecting your own personality, then the guilt trip is sort of just not on the radar. Yeah. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm no psychologist <laughs> or, or nutritionist or your mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's great. And I remember that you were sharing about this at the beginning of the program. And did it help you? Does it help you to have this community that we have that where you can feel, do you feel safe sharing about that sort of thing? Yeah. And like my, my, um, family and, and stuff, like it's kind of interesting. Cause like, I don't really think like my sister's a very high performing athlete. Like she's trying to make the, the 2022 Olympics. So I think my family's pretty used to like random, but kind of random, just like, you know, here's this diet thing or this training thing or this other thing, or I can't do the thing. Cause I'm doing this health. Like, I think that my family's pretty used to that. Like, I think I said, when I, when I shared the cake thing that my mom was just kind of like, well, then just don't buy it. And I was like, mom, that's not how it works. Like maybe you can just not buy it. Like I am not at that point where I just don't buy it yet. Um, you know, or like just have one, like that doesn't where my head is at right now. Like that's not helpful. And then I was trying to explain the, like, um, no fruit or like, uh, like they kept being like, it's fine to binge on fruit. And I was like, well, maybe, but at the same time, like if you're just replacing an artificially sweet thing with a, you know, piece of fruit, like you're, you're, yeah, you're using maybe a quote unquote healthier food item, but you're not addressing the underlying behavior, right? Yeah. Like why are you doing it in the first place? And my sister totally got it. She was like, that makes sense to me. My mom like argued with me a little bit more about it, but like, they didn't make it, they didn't, I don't think they really tried to like sabotage me or, or anything, but then, um, I had side effects for the COVID vaccine. So I didn't go over for father's day and like, they know that I'm doing this, but they were still like, can you have pie? Do you want a piece of pie? Um, whereas I feel like if I was at, I don't know, like if, if, um, like Claire and her husband, I feel like that's just not even a question, right? Like you're not being tempted because they're not, you know, doing it. So it's kind of helpful to hear how other people are going about it and informing kind of their loved ones and, and family. And, and similarly with you, like, I feel like your, your husband or whatever, like, they don't say, do you want cake? They just know the answer is no. So they don't even bother asking. <laughs> yeah. They do know now. Yes. But it took yeah. a while, you know, it takes a while because it is such a massive change from what we're used to. Plus, you know, eating is such a social I mean, okay, it hasn't been that social in the last year and a half, but eating is not the same as smoking. You, mm-hmm. you can't hide in the back of the shed and smoke. <laughs> but very, very often we eat with other people and they're going to they're gonna see what you eat, what you don't eat, what you say yes to, what you say no to. 
and they're mm-hmm. going to pass comments. So yeah, now of course nobody offers me cake, but believe me, it took a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so how would you describe yourself now that you've been through the program, you've you've done the exercises, or at least had access to the exercises, the videos, the the resources? How do you feel differently than you did at the beginning? Well, prior to like the this week, I was feeling more, let me back up. There's like feeling energetic and then there's like, like, like physical fatigue, mental fatigue, and like your mood. So I feel like generally my mood has been like way more positive. Like I don't feel as like angry teenager. <laughs> Yeah. Like I, I feel like, uh, one, my, my kind of full-time job where I'm like counting the seconds to be out of there, like is quite a mood downer and energy drainer. And I feel, so I don't know. I feel like that position has been like generally depressing my mood for since Christmas, probably. Um, but I kind of generally feel more like generally, I think I'm a pretty happy person. So I feel more like that, um, than I did before where I was just like, I hate everything. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, physically I haven't really like, again, I've kind of scaled, I haven't tried running or things like, like that. Um, but like when I, before kind of falling off the wagon the last week or two, like I was feeling um, like I was waking up and not tired, um, and those types of, of things. And I still kind of feel like that this week is kind of wonky with the, the COVID vaccine. My activity tracker keeps being like, you need to recover your body. Like, <laughs> like, even if you feel better, like kind of your heart rate and stuff for telling us that like your body's still like the immune response is still, you know, in overdrive. So, um, this week is a little weird on that end. And then, um, again, kind of the like mental energy, um, and when I, again, I've been, I feel like I've, I'm, I feel like I'm always very productive. <laughs> um, but generally I think focusing, um, has been better, easier. Again, this week, my brain is a bit fried. Um, but then it's been kind of an interesting, like, like I think I said in the group yesterday, like I haven't felt like this since before the program. Um, and I also haven't eaten as much processed sugar, you know, since before the program with kind of what I've consumed the last week. So it was really interesting to kind of see that connection, um, and have that illustrated so clearly for me. Cool. Cause, cause you had six weeks in the program, um, where, what you didn't have any processed sugar or did you have processed flat or processed grains flour yeah i haven't been focusing on the grains as much more on like the the reaching for the junk food was kind of where i was primarily focusing um so i was still eating some but it was that like one treat per week of a diminishing size <laughs> um so i don't know if i hit a week of like totally zero sugar um but I got down to like a chocolate bar kind of thing rather than like the equivalent of maybe like eight chocolate bars. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's a huge reduction. It doesn't need to be at zero, but it's a huge reduction. Mm-hmm. And so you had that for, um, correct me if I'm wrong, for about the six weeks of the program. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, we're continuing on together in the After Sugar Club. 
And then for whatever reasons, uh, totally valid reasons, you fell off the wagon. I'm just quoting you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you learned by doing that, that it, first of all, you're not guilt tripping yourself. And second, that you don't feel as good when you are consuming junk food. Is that right? Yeah. And I feel like, um, like how you're always joking, you're an English teacher and all the books and whatever, like I'm a researcher. So it's almost like a science experiment, right? Like, even if I didn't intentionally, you know, fall off the wagon or whatever, like it happened. And like, I have new data, um, based on that kind of, um, experiments. And so, you know, that's kind of helpful information to have moving forward right that's, that's a great attitude yes it's okay this happened um now i have that information yeah it's great yeah a scientific mm. approach yeah. <laughs> yeah, i get it yeah. <laughs> literature science whatever you know. <laughs> so um okay so uh when you first signed up for the program was there anything that scared you about it um, I think I was a bit nervous about repeating my whole 30 experience, but I, or it came up in a question or something like early on. So then I was like, okay, like we don't necessarily need to do that abstainer piece. Um, but then also kind of that fear, worry, whatever was kind of combated also by like, there's a group, there's more support. Cause last time it was just like me flying solo by myself. Um, and like the people I had around me were not supportive, like definitely trying to sabotage, like part of whole 30 is no alcohol. And, um, like I lived in a house and we had a barbecue and I said, like, I'm doing a dry month and they poured me a glass of wine and put in front of me anyways. And I was like, well, I told you I'm doing a dry month, like not even 20 seconds ago. Like why? (laughs) Um, you know, so, um, kind of knowing that I'd have more support, even if it's like virtual, um, kind of helped with that. And then I think the other piece that kind of scared me was the like lifelong, like this, this is like a lifelong thing. Um, it's a life sentence. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, it still feels like, a, you know, the, the moderator approach still feels like a, if I can maintain this 80 to 90% of the time, like, you know, that's way better than what I was doing before. So it's not saying like, you know, I can never have birthday cake if I intentionally plan or want to have some birthday cake, but kind of like removing that mindlessness. Um, and can, I mean, can you see that, see yourself living long-term with mindfulness? Yes, that's absolutely. I'm at 180 days straight of meditating. <laughs> so I've been trying to work on that. Um, piece as well. Um, I don't know if I'm as good at translating it to kind of everyday situations, but I've definitely also kind of part of the science experiment also, like I've definitely noticed when I, um, like intentionally sit down to eat the the bread or like whatever my, my sweet treat for the week was, um, you know, I eat one square of chocolate. I'm like, Oh, I'm satisfied versus before, like I could have eaten, you know, three of the chocolate bars. And I'm like, I don't even know like it's not satisfying right so um so in that sense a lot you're you seem to be from what I understand a lot more aware a lot more mindful and it does it does it feel like a life sentence no (laughs) it feels way more um doable and 
Um, I can also see how it's um, like aligns with my uh, core values as well and kind of like more broadly fitting into my, my life and kind of how um, the mindlessly consuming like a lot of sugar and things like that is kind of contradictory mm. um, to my, my values and also kind of what I want to be achieving. Yeah. And I seem to remember you saying, you know, if you're going to be coaching other people through their addictions or their whatever, you know, you have to be able to do walk the walk and talk the talk basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big believer of don't ask Well, if you're in a coaching situation, like don't ask someone to do something that you haven't done um, yourself. Yeah. And you don't have to do it perfectly. No one's asking for perfection. But you're in a position now, I think, to understand, you know, a lot more what other people are going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Did you know that the part of the program, the Life After Sugar program that talks about fermented foods um, and gut health, did, were you already quite knowledgeable about that? Yeah, one of my friends did her master's on, um, well, she was she was looking at like a fiber I always get confused which one's the bug and which one's the food for the bug, but the, the Pre, fiber. Prebiotics <laughs> feed the bugs and probiotics get more bugs in you. That sounds awful. <laughs> um, but she did her master's around um, prebiotic supplementation for weight loss. Um, so I was, I was familiar with that and I'm trying to write a paper right now. Um, on psychological resilience, it's not going well. I have to be quite quite resilient while writing this paper, but um, irony for you. Yeah, but p- part of how I was trying to explain my results was through like the gut brain axis and the microbiome and things like that. Um, I guess I'm generally aware of the, the. I have a lot of friends in Alberta that are super into fermentation. Um, what is it about Alberta and fermentation? <laughs> Is there any kind of link? <laughs> yeah, like they, like all of them, like, I don't know, everybody, it seems like everybody hit 25 and they were like, I'm going to ferment everything. Um, so I have a lot of friends that post their various fermenting things. Lovely. Um, but I've never, I've never done it, tried it or anything like that. And, but in the program, you have that opportunity yeah. should you wish to. And, you know, and, and it, it comes back a bit to what we were saying at the beginning, you know, you know the info, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, that step to actually getting the, the, the implementation, actually doing it, get doing the actions is, it's, it's very often, it's what I say, you know, you've got all these YouTube videos out there and Pinterest recipes and Facebook groups, but what, you're, what you've got in the program is actually the support, the implementation, and the community there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what got you into action, I think. Yeah, and I feel like um, kind of the, I mean, there's so much information on the internet and like so much of it is conflicting, especially health-related information. Like it's super confusing. I get confused and obviously like I have a lot of, schooling and and training and how to like read the things. And I'm still like, this is super confusing. Um, So it was also kind of helpful to 
like have it kind of curated and um, also like obviously, you know, even though you're not a nutritionist, dietitian or whatever, like you've done a ton of reading. So you have also been able to like integrate the knowledge, right? Yeah. Um, whereas it would take us at this point, like years, right. To integrate the not, so you're kind of giving us the integrated like cliff notes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, as a, I mean, I'm a college teacher, so uh, yeah. like you, I've, I've had enough, like, let's say, you know, advanced education or university education to know how to double check your sources, triple check your sources, you know, and, and the rest of it. So even though I'm not a nutritionist or a scientist, you know, I know a little bit about methodology and, and how to and not, you know, and to be wary of cherry picking and all the rest of it. And, you know, and I think also as a, as a lay person, I would say, I'm not obliged to come to any conclusions. I'm not being paid (laughs) (laughs) to come to any specific conclusions. So, you know, that doesn't mean I can just say any old thing. It means, you know, I don't have that, that pressure to, to come up with a certain sort of party line as it were mm-hmm. and that means for you as, as participants you sort of get a more neutral perspective yeah cool sure. um um you told me about your family members and the people around you and sort of you know it's you've got the group in in the program people who are going through the same things you they understand where you're coming from. They understand where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> We're all in the same boat in, in different, you know, perspectives and different stages. If, if someone were to be on the fence about joining the Life After Sugar program and asked you, well, like, is it just another program or another diet? You know, what is it about this program that got you to where you are today? What, how would you respond to that? So generally, I really hate the word diet. <laughs> I feel like diet has a very negative short-term connotation to it. Um, and realistically, I have to figure out a better way to, like a more concise way to say this, but realistically, we're on a diet from the day that we're born, right? You're never not on a diet. Just what is your diet is the thing that that changes. So like going on a diet, you're not going on a diet. You're just looking to change or modify your, your diet. Um, so I would probably push back on that piece that way. Like, um, you know, it's not that, that short-term, um, fix. And then, you know, if they're, if they're depends on what their objections are, but, um, and like, it's again, like a non, non-judgmental space. Everybody is super supportive. And even like yesterday when I posted in the group and like, Claire was like, Oh, you're back. Like I missed you kind of thing. Um, was really nice um as well like definitely kind of makes you feel like you're you're part of a um community um and uh and whatnot and then kind of all of the the videos were very helpful and even like with my you know science background and kind of knowledge like it was knew it it was still a nice refresher because you know I don't think about these things necessarily in the in the day-to-day um and then I also generally, you know, there's that idea of like, if you want to get somewhere, like surround yourself with people that have done it. Right. And so, um, obviously you've done it. <laughs> yeah. Still doing. Um, 
Yeah. And the other people in the group are also, they're maybe not having done it, quote unquote, but they're doing it. Um, and so there's a lot of kind of informal knowledge and, and expertise that way um, that I think is quite beneficial um, and, and uh, important. I think that, you know, kind of with some of the more behavioral, like stress management worksheets and things like that, like even, you know, eight weeks out, they're like, this isn't really the thing for me. Um, like, I think that they would still walk away with, you know, their money's worth in terms of just self-awareness of like, how do I deal with things? And, and they would learn a lot about them anyways. Yes, absolutely. That sounds great. And it's like, I think the what I want to give in this program is not necessarily about the food, mm-hmm. about your relationship with the food, your relationship with yourself. And yeah, you, you have to go through a process to get there. Um, what, what would you say is like the one thing that you found the most valuable in the program? That's so hard. I feel like the, I mean, the check-in calls, obviously, <laughs> even though I couldn't make the last couple, I can make the ones tomorrow. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. But, and then the other thing um, was the, is it the personal path, the like checkpoint one? Cause I, I definitely read it kind of when it opened, like before, you know, I had really started making changes for some of them. I was like, there's one about like the taste buds changing or like, you know, things are less or whatever sweetness. And I was like, really? And then like, it happened in two weeks. And I was like, this wild. <laughs> wild. It's yeah. I was telling my, my friend, um, one of my friends about it. And she was like, cause she and I kind of for better or for worse, feed off each other. <laughs> With someone, even though she's in Alberta with some of our health, we're like, oh man, like I need to go crack a beer. Like, you know, kind of those like numbing things that, that we do. And I was like, I'm, so she knows that I'm trying and she's like, dude, like, I'm so proud of you. Like, I don't, I don't think that I could like even attempt it. Like, even if kind of you aren't quote unquote successful in the timeline, like, you know, kind of kudos to you for even like taking the step to, to try. And I was like telling her about my taste, but I was like, yeah, like nothing tastes like that used to be good. Like none of it's good anymore. Like <laughs> it's all too sweet or like, like really good place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a biological fact that your taste buds will regenerate. So, you know, that's yeah. going to happen if you let it happen. And so you, you were talking about the timeline. I mean, the program itself is six weeks, but now you're in, the after sugar club, which will give you time to actually implement things. So, you know, we, we can't expect every single person in the program to get the exact same result in the exact same number of days, but which is why I made the after sugar club for implementation, for continued support and the community. Have you had time to look around in the after sugar club? Um, I looked at the platform a bit. I haven't really dug into um, like all of the stuff that's in there yet I, I sort of add stuff according to what people in the program asked me to do so you know you and Alan you're like the the science buffs so she wants more stuff about you know sciencey things and sprouting so I did that okay mm-hmm. sprouting soaking and the sort of science behind it and then um Veronica is like well I want can you put all the recipes together in one document okay you, <laughs> you know yeah. Plus I add some stuff. I've been prepping some stuff that you, that is that surprises, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, do you think it's a good idea to have a time after the six weeks where you can actually spend time implementing? 
I think so. Because like, obviously, you know, with me, like life doesn't always go according to plan. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, like I said earlier, like I kind of really wanted to address the like junk food, like candy, chocolate, cakes, like that side of things kind of more um, immediately. Cause usually I don't, I find I don't, I don't really eat that much bread per se. Um, and if I'm going to eat grains, like I'm usually eating like quinoa or like wild rice and like those types of things, I don't usually eat a ton of pasta. Um, so that didn't feel like as, uh, of immediate a concern per se. Um, but kind of, I've noticed that like, as I was moving away from the junk food, like now I'm craving like, or wanting, I don't know. I don't still don't think I'm necessarily craving. It doesn't feel the same, but like I'm gravitating towards the breads or the pastas or whatever. So kind of like now, um, I'm going to start to focus on that side. Um, so then that feel like the kind of the duration of the program kind of like, you know, you can continue the journey with the, the supports and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Smashing. Great. Okay. And I think most people assume that they're going to get a, like, here's what to eat at 9am every single day for the next day. Like that's not, and I agree with kind of your approach yeah. of, you know, this is not a diet. This is a lifestyle really. Um, yeah. you know, but I recognize that when you're making a lifestyle shift, like it can be hard to kind of know all the pieces, right? So I'm going to give you recipes, which are not a meal plan, but kind of more of like a cookbook to kind of get your creative juices flowing yeah. type of type of thing. Fantastic. Um, so with the food list and the recipes, it's like, you don't have to wonder, what do I eat? It's right there yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So, and so do you find that the program was satisfactory for you? You got what you expected and, and maybe more. Yeah, I would say I got more than I <laughs> um, expected and um, whatnot. And I was like fully, you know, again, like before I had the link, I was like, I need the link, like send me the link. I want it now. <laughs> um, yeah, and it definitely feels like, you know, I got that and, and more, um, there's, you know, tons and tons, tons of content, like every week and like the check-in calls and then also like the, the speed, right? Like, I don't know if you hit on speed, like part of the, like in terms of what you're getting, but like, obviously the speed at which I've made these changes is like exponentially faster than if I had been trying to do it alone. Um, and I'm way more successful than I was when I tried to do it alone. So, so that I, in itself is valuable. Yeah. And especially like I've been trying to, like I've started getting meal kits to try to reduce my like decision fatigue <laughs> every week and like try to offload some of the mental effort. Cause like, I love cooking and I love meal prepping, but just like the every week of like, what am I going to make? I, do I have the groceries? Okay. Now I have to go get the groceries. It was like too much. <laughs> to add. So I've been doing meal kits, um, which, you know, kind of up my grocery bill slightly, but I'm like it, like I'm eating better because they also make me want to eat less junk food. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm more satisfied in terms of like what I am eating. I'm excited to eat what I'm eating. I'm not getting bored of what I'm eating. So like all of those 
like experiential things, you know, are invaluable. And if it ups my grocery bill $30 a month, like I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, sometimes, not sometimes, I would argue always, it's a good idea to invest in something that's going to make us feel better, live better, be happier, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, what better investment is that? Yeah. It's it's so subjective, you know, to the feeling of the value that we get for something. And it doesn't even have anything to do with the price. Yeah. You know? And you know, you can't get further away from a business person than a teacher. <laughs> but even I can recognize that uh, the value is not dependent on the price. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you got what you were looking for, you got more than what you expected. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, I've got to go pick up my kid. But thanks, Lauren. That's great to talk to you. Thanks for all your feedback. See you. Bye. Oh, that's so great to talk with Lauren. And you know, Lauren and I are still in touch because she's still in the After Sugar Club and will be for a while yet. And the Life After Sugar program helped her implement changes based on the information that she pretty much already knew. Well, she was able to take that information, validate it, solidify it, and then put it into action and get the support and the community that she needed to actually make the change way faster than if she'd done it on her own. Now, not everybody needs the Life After Sugar program, but those who have followed it, formerly in French and now in English, pretty much all say what Lauren says. It provides the group support, the guidance, the accountability they need to finally break free from sugar. What does that mean? It means having more confidence in yourself, in social situations where people offer you sugary treats. It means putting your own well-being top of the list of priorities. And that includes eating to make you feel good, enjoying your food and not being bothered anymore by aches and pains, inflammation, extra weight, and all those other health issues that, let's face it, are very probably linked to sugar and flour and processed foods. It's not magic, but it is pretty amazing how everybody feels so much better when they cut out or even cut down sugar, flour, sweeteners, and processed foods. And when you add fermented foods and drinks to your diet, that also helps your gut health and it helps to stabilize your moods, improve your concentration and your mental clarity. And, well, it's way more delicious to eat fermented foods and drinks than to pop pills, right? So don't forget to go visit my website, aftersugarclub.com, and click on the button Join the program to find out more about the Life After Sugar program. And if you're enjoying this podcast, scroll down and leave me a review. Thank you. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.